0: From the Pictures Out There studios, welcome to the Pictures Out There podcast series with Dave Fogelman and Lee Stewart. Pictures Out There ties the future to the present and is a new approach for vision and action toward a better future. And now, here's Dave and Lee.
1: Hi, this is Dave. And this is
2: Lee. And welcome to the latest in our series of Pictures Out There podcasts. Pictures, our topic for today is the power of your dreams described in both visuals and words together. So let's go back and and think about our model that we have described before for this entire effort. We called it three Ps and an I. That's pictures, perspectives. We've already been talking about those two concepts, Process, which we're going to talk about more in future podcasts and ideals. So pictures and then process. Uh, Process is that step in the model where we choose our actions and then act. So these pictures are all very nice, but they don't really do a lot of good unless they ultimately turn into action. So creating and sharing are vivid, bold, visual picture that we describe in words sets us up and others up to have a common understanding in advance of taking action. Let's talk about that notion of visuals and words. Most of us are visual in our orientation.
1: About 70% of the general population. Some of us are, are very verbal. About 20% of our population. And then some of us are auditory. About 10% of our population.
2: Let's see, Lee. 70 plus 20 plus 10. That mm, adds I think that's, a that's 100% of our 80? population. I don't know. <laughs> but like the that. point
1: is, it, it is a predominantly visual species.
2: Right, right. And we all have some blend or weighting of that. None of us are purely one of those or the other but the numbers that Lee represented are our tendencies, our main tendencies. So we've talked about the fact that our dreams, our visions, our pictures are most powerful when they are vividly, Lee's very important word, vividly visual. But if these vivid visual pictures can then be described in words, then that will really set the right stage for taking steps taking action toward making the pictures a reality. People typically use words. People don't use pictures to take steps or take actions. They typically use words to take steps, take action, to create change, to do things, to collaborate with
1: others. So, Pictures Out There takes our visuals for the life of our dreams. Think about our biggest, our boldest, our most audacious most vivid dreams those challenge us to describe those incredible imaginative visuals into words as dave stated words create and beget action so once our pictures are described in words it becomes much easier to then determine the actions again we state those actions in words Uh, what would it take to start the journey toward those dream visuals? So Dave and I suspect that before Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote his famous I Have a Dream speech, we think he probably had a really vivid visual in his mind of different races of people and children holding hands, perhaps working together, struggling together, maybe praying together, singing together. And he took that vivid visual, that vivid picture in his mind. And what did he do on the Washington mall in 1963? He described it in words in very powerful words, very powerful, memorable words. We further suspect that before John Kennedy delivered his man on the moon in the next decades challenge, he too had a vivid visual in his mind of what that would physically look like. Maybe something like the images we're all familiar with of Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, the astronauts, walking on the surface of the moon. Then, President Kennedy turned that visual into words that described the opportunity and the challenge represented by those words. Yeah, so in both of these examples that we used at the very beginning of this
2: podcast series and at the very beginning of the book, you have Martin Luther King Jr., who we believe, almost certainly, had this visual of, as Lee described, these scenes of people being together, children being together. He didn't stop with that and just go, you know, that's a really nice picture. That's I like that visual. That's really nice. He described it. He used words to do it, and as soon as he described it in words, that set a springboard for action. John F. Kennedy did not you know, sit there and and simply kind of go. Gosh, I, I imagine uh, somebody sticking in a, an American flag in on the moon. That's a that's a really nice picture. That's a really nice visual. He said, "Well, I want to describe that. I want to put that into words." As soon as you put that into words, then it turns into something that is actionable. So, a third example that we had used at the very beginning of this podcast series was Malala Yousafzai, and we suspect that before Malala described her picture uh, in words of education for all young girls in Pakistan and the world that she had a vivid visual. Uh, It might have been classrooms that are full of young girls and women eager to learn. She might have had a visual of seeing that happening. She then turned that vivid visual into a powerful verbal description. So. Let's let's create a little visual here for us now. Let's go to an art gallery, okay? Everybody imagining that you're standing in an art gallery, and we're all looking at a painting, okay? Most of us have probably had that experience, and then we are asked to describe what we see or how it makes us think or feel. Any of us had that experience? Absolutely. You're, you're standing yeah. there with the group you're in or you're part of a little tour and... And you're, you know, turning that into a, a set of thoughts and feelings. And, you know, then you get asked to describe it. it there may be kind of this, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure that what I'm going to describe is going to be what everybody else would describe. But, okay, here it is. And as we describe what we're seeing and other people describe what they're seeing, lots of times there's similarities. There's there's different things that we pull out of that but there also can be differences i see something or it conjures up a thought or feeling in me for somebody else it's something different but that sharing that we do is typically a
1: very rich experience it deepens everyone's experience with that painting yeah
2: so a couple of things happen when we do that when we when we have these visuals and we share them is we have the opportunity to put into words what we're initially thinking and feeling. Other people do that as well. Sometimes we learn, we get insights from what other people have seen or thought. And lots of times after that sharing is done, there's this sense of of a common experience or maybe a broadened and more common view about this visual. And we've all put it into words, lots of times creating a common verbal understanding of of our experience with that visual and that then can set in the case of what we're talking about that can set the the tone for for action there isn't a right or wrong in these personal interpretations they're just reflective of our own unique verbal descriptions of what we see but they then can be the start of fascinating conversations that lead us to some common understandings without submerging
1: our individual interpretations Absolutely. I love that uh, image of standing before a painting in an art gallery and describing that which we see. So to follow that, how about if we each think of ourselves in this way? Each and every one of us is the picture painter in the art gallery of our own dreams. How about that idea? Let's say that again. Each of us is the picture painter in our own art gallery of dreams. You're
2: saying we have our own art gallery.
1: We can open the door on it whenever we choose. Yeah. So we also need to be prepared to be the art gallery tour guide, right? Okay. The docent, if you will. The person who shares the verbal description and the meaning of our pictures with other people in our life. Because why would we do that? If we are to turn our pictures in our gallery into action and influence others to engage with our pictures. We're going to have to put those pictures into words.
2: Isn't it an interesting thing, Lee? Lots of times we will ask artists to describe. You know, what did you mean by that? I mean, this happens with songwriters. Yes. This happens with with painters. Yes. Everybody, where they will create a work of art, and then lots of times there's huge interest in, understandably. Well, what did you? Mean? Why did you do this? Why, what do these words mean to you? And I sometimes uh, my reaction when I will hear the the artist describe that is go, oh, I mean that's that's very interesting. That that's that was your basis for what you're I actually experienced something very different, right? When I was listening to your song or when I was looking at your painting. And again, the artist lots of times in response to that will say, well, that's great. I've created this art. It may have come out of what my thought was, my picture was, but what's your picture? What are you seeing? Which is that that thing that Lee and I repeat every time, right? Yeah. This is our picture, but what's yours? What is yours? What's yours? And it's the sharing. and, And then lots of times that experience you feel when you understand the artist's original intent and you combine that then with your own reaction. That's pretty cool.
1: It absolutely is. I can think of a few stories where particularly songwriters and musicians, they got someone else's verbal description of their picture and they went, wow, that's better than what I had in mind when I wrote the (laughs) song. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Or somebody interprets it differently and sings it differently or does something like that. Yeah. 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 Very interesting.
1: So we won't all describe a specific visual in exactly the same way. I think we've established that. So, the actions we take on the basis of those descriptions can be pretty different if we don't take the time to talk it through. Gotta talk it through, right? So, let's remind ourselves of our model the three P's and an I. The three P's are pictures and perspectives, and then process. Process is the step in the model where we choose our actions and then we act, creating and sharing our vivid, bold visual picture that we can describe in words, sets us up and others up to have a common understanding in advance of our taking action. So Lee, let's have a little bit of of fun with this whole idea here.
2: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and share for me in one of my own pictures how this interplay between visuals and words seems to work out. So I've had a picture in my mind for a long time of creating art for all of these audiences that we described, right? Lee Lee talked about the 70-20-10 of primarily visual, verbal, and auditory audiences. And so I, a long time ago, kind of thought, gee, it would be very cool to take some concepts that are very important to me or that matter to me or that I'd like to share and basically put those into a visual or a verbal or an auditory concept, mm-hmm. you know, have have those across all of those. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be kind of a fairly unique thing to go do. And so I've, I've used a tagline uh, to help me kind of think through the connections of all of those of tying the future to the present through stories, pictures, and music. Create verbal pictures. Create Absolutely. Da-da-da. And so uh, that has really led me to writing a novel, writing a nonfiction book like Pictures Out There, trying to create visuals through that way, and recording albums. So that's a picture that I had uh, that probably at the beginning started. I don't remember this exactly, but I know it was a series of these things that were me recording, me playing instruments, me writing me editing, me getting somebody to publish this and Mm -hmm. so forth. Mm -hmm. And those visuals, then I turned into a description in words. And then that allowed me to kind of go, okay, well, if at the end of all of this, there's a book written, there are albums recorded, uh, there are podcasts being done. I didn't imagine that 20 or 30 years ago, (laughs) but uh, what's the first thing I would go do? What's my first action to go take on any of those things? Okay, then what's my second action? Mm-hmm. And that that literally is how everything that I've done related to this has happened. Has gotten to where it is today. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's no rocket science to it. Yeah, it's, it's having the visuals, turning it into words, and then um, and then taking action on the basis of that.
1: So I think Dave described something really powerful for all of us, okay? Just think about something going on in your life or work life, professional, personal life, it doesn't matter. And maybe it's some problem you've been trying to work your way through or a challenge. It doesn't have to be negative. It can be a very interesting opportunity that you're trying to get to. Think about how you would put that problem in a picture. Think about how you would put it in a story. Now think about how you would put it in a song, It hits on all three of the visual, verbal, and auditory learning concepts. And I've done this. You'll get very, very, very different, qualitatively different, materially different insights into that same problem just by using that little trick.
2: There you go. So I've had a a strong and vivid visual in my head of a future world where uh, everybody had the opportunity or incentive, if they so desired, to paint, draw, and create visuals to tell stories and write, and to create wonderful music and lyrics. The notion of critiquing other people's writing or critiquing other people's music or art has always been a mystery to me. There truly isn't anything bad. I mean, it may be that that if you write something uh, or create a song or something like that, does that resonate with everybody? Can they relate? All, everybody relate to it? No, no. It's your art, though. It's right. your writing, it's your music. It is well, I I don't think it was very good. I don't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it may be that that you're you know trying to learn a medium that you're unfamiliar with and you're yeah, you're you're learning some things about doing that. But it's it's good from the beginning if it's yours. That's right. You yeah. know. And so so that's that's been one of my pictures for the world that I've hoped would happen that we would uh, kind of lose all of that. So uh, in my mind, it's kind of why we're here.
1: When I was a young up-and-coming executive at Hallmark Cards, uh, I was involved in a very traditional product development, product management, brand management job. Loved it. Loved the job. But what does that have to do with learning and teaching and assisting students to discover the grand total of nothing? (laughs) But on that day and in that time, I thought, I enjoy learning myself. I enjoy imparting what knowledge and guidance I can for others with a heart set of hoping to help them and set them on a path of discovery of their own. Well, fast forward about 35 years, actually about 30 years. Now I am in academia, formally and full time. And the picture that I had so long ago was of me standing in a traditional classroom with students occupying the seats. And now when I'm in that exact context twice a week, I think back every t- unfailingly, I think about the visual that I had 35 years ago. And as I walk into that course room, I go, it, ha- it became true. Throughout the other careers that I've had before I became formally involved in teaching, Anytime there was an opportunity to, oh, can someone facilitate a training session? I, I will do that. Yeah, I'll do that. So again, with no consciousness that it would necessarily lead to that classroom, which really is a representation and a manifestation of my original picture.
2: Yeah, and there's some of that where where you're, there's this interplay that happens right between those visuals that you describe. And to a degree, they, you learn things along the way. So in other words, it's not as if you haven't been an extreme learning being the last, you know, twenty or thirty years since those original pictures. And so part of what happens is you give your leeway for your picture to be a bit organic. Yes. Which is not giving up on your picture. It's not just at all. kind of saying, Oh, you know, it kind of started with that, but now this visual looks five percent different. Mm-hmm. It might be this. Mm-hmm. Da da da. And you describe it and then let that kind of set up your actions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So We believe that if we collectively and together just dreamed our truest, most vivid, boldest dreams and then put those visuals into words that are the basis for us taking action on those pictures and then we tried our best individually and together to make them a reality, then the world would become the place it can be. A paradise beyond our wildest dreams.
1: Our vivid and bold visuals that we then can describe in words become a springboard to taking action. So is what we're talking about really as simple an idea as that sounds? Yep. Yeah, it is. (laughs) That's it. That's it. (laughs) Make those pictures into words which lead to action. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.
0: Thank you for joining our podcast today. For more information about Pictures Out There products, services, and communities, or to contact us, please visit us at picturesoutthere.com or reach out to us on Twitter at the handle atpicsoutthere. You can also find us on Facebook. Please join us for our next podcast. We hope you have the day of your dreams.